Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Toffee to the Party podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yes, Bill. I am Daniel. Yes, yes, you're delightful. Is that your Sydney yes, Green Street impersonation? <laughs> yes, we, we are talking about mm, the Maltese Falcon. As. Our pop culture hose with mm, various falcons. Yes. As... Yes. Oh, charming. With various falcons. <laughs> As a professional fat man, I am very insulted by this film. <laughs> Call him Gut Man. Gut Man. God, come on, man. No, he was. A, he ain't no Mega Man he villain. He was a tiny little child and was like Gut Man. <laughs> he wasn't a fat He's motherfucker. Like, Gut Man. Well, I'm going to start eating now if I'm going to live up to my name. He <laughs> came out as a 90 pound fat boy, and they were like, you know what? He's fucked up. In that we're actually changing his last name to Fat <laughs> to Gut Man because we just yeah. No, no, He's no, fucked no, up no, from birth. No, 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 Gut Man. Ouch. Boonch pow. What? What? We're talking about Watch this yourself. week. We're talking about the uh, 1941 seminal film noir classic. Everybody's smoking. Uh, is everyone smoking? Yeah, some people. Some people are smoking. Bogart's always rolling his own cigarettes. Yeah, the first thing he's. Do- I love his little satchel. His little satchel purse of mm-hmm. tobacco, kind of crazy. And he's even sleep suit. He wakes up in the middle of the night in the middle of the movie. And it's right next to his bed. It just kind of cracks me yeah. up. But yeah, we're talking about the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. Um. What, so what got you picking this movie? This is Daniel's uh, pick. Eh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, it flipped, was, the, flipped the coin. It was better than watching Batman and Robin again. It, was, it wasn't two hours long. It's 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 still it's pretty, 140. Yeah, it's it's in the mid range though. Yeah, it's not short, but it's not super long. Uh, I just saw that saw this for the first time myself just a couple months ago. Um, Fathom Events, the kind of like mm-hmm. thing where the. Uh, first-run movie theaters will show old films yeah. in first-run theaters. Uh, they showed the Maltese Falcon last summer, and I went to go see that with my friends Dylan and Katie. And, yeah, I think I, even then I commented on the fact that it, it's... I. Why did I not do that as a target of the party project? Because that was no. the first time I'd seen that, and that was just a couple months ago. But you, I, I think the idea was that because you said you had never seen it too, so we could still do it as a project. Because I think we had something else scheduled for that week. Man, maybe. And so, but yeah, so we're doing it now because you had never seen it either. So this it's is true. Uh, this is the fourth time I've seen this film in the last six months. Wow. Well, I saw it twice. Well, I went to go see it in the movies, and then I realized that there's. You forgot sh- the entire thing, so you had to go exactly. back again. Um. I had bought, there's a Blu-ray box set of uh, Humphrey Bogart uh, films that I had bought, and this is one of the movies on there. And so I already own the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, but I hadn't seen it yet. Um, but Fathom Events tend to do the thing where they just show the Blu-ray in the movie theater. Yeah. And, and actually, because it's a Blu-ray, it looked really good. It didn't look bad, even though it wasn't being projected. It was just being, you know, digitally projected. Uh, but I wanted to see what the commentary had to say about the movie when the movie was over. So as soon as I came home... Mm. I put on the Blu-ray and finally watched the, my Blu-ray copy of it for the first time and did laugh because I could totally just tell that the transfer that I... It was obviously... like Yeah, it was... The, the, yeah, the, like, I'm surprised they didn't have the, like, the Blu-ray menu in the movie theater showing it up. And yeah, then I just watched it again with uh, both without and without... With and without commentary just for this episode just uh, last night, too. Yeah. So, yeah, the Maltese Falcon. I'm not much for film noir. Or at least yeah, I'm not too either. knowledgeable about it, but... um, Which is funny because... I guess this movie is early enough in film noir history that it doesn't actually feel film noirish. I prefer that. Because you, when you think about film noir, you think of almost like a cartoony heightened version of film noir. Yeah. 
this is, I mean, it's black and white, there's gangsters, there's detectives, but it's not like every shot, you've got the Venetian blinds yeah. on people's faces and, and it's shadows. And super depressing. Yeah, and it doesn't that's have the way, like a like lonely people, saxophone like in the background. That's the way people justified how shitty the ending was to L.A. Noir. They're like, no, it's a noir, so exactly, it's a bad yeah. ending. It's, it's, like, it's, it's No, it's, it's, it's just a bad the ending. The movie just, the plot just kind of stops. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, I hate L.A. Noir. What a bad game. Beautiful faces, though. Oh, the face is so beautiful. And all the women have the exact same scraped up haircut. Yep. Because <laughs> they, they couldn't, couldn't render couldn't any other. Couldn't figure out hair. God damn. But yeah, this is this is uh, based off a Dashiell Hammett book. Mm-hmm. That actually started off as a serial series for a Black Mask magazine. Mm-hmm. Have you read any uh, like Dashiell Hammett or no. any stuff like that? Any Who's the other famous detective writers? I don't know. Larry Stinkums. Larry Stinkums. Thick McRunfest. Thick McRunfest. <laughs> Zap Roused Hour. Yeah. Um, Jack but... Huge Muscles. Exactly. Um, so, how's this start? It starts with some exposition. In 1539, the Knight oh, Templar yeah. of Malta paid tribute to Charles V of Spain. I'm just going to call him Charles V of Spain. Yeah. Not fun. Charles V of Spain. Uh, by sending him a golden falcon encrusted from beak to claw with rarest jewels. But pirates seized the gallery, carrying the priceless token, and the fate of the Maltese falcons remains a mystery to this day. So this is all fiction. I tried to look up how much, like, the dimensions of the Maltese falcon would be if it was actually cast in gold. But everywhere was just like... Like how 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 heavy it would be? Yeah, everybody was like, this is how much it weighs. I was like, I don't want to know how much the iron thing weighs that they had in the movie. I want to know how the much lead the dummy, gold yeah. version was. Although, like. isn't lead heavier than gold? I don't know. Or, or is the idea that they're so similar? Maybe. Because that's the whole thing with alchemy is that, like, lead is only, like, what, like, one proton away from being gold mm-hmm. and vice versa? Something and so you would think that their, like, physical properties would be close enough that, like... Because I, I remember reading that the lead prop that they made for this movie weighs, like, 47 pounds. Yeah, it's like 50. So you think the, the gold version would weigh... Well, although if it had, was actually adorned with the jewels and stuff like it's supposed to be, they talk about this is one of the things I've always had an issue with this movie. Even before seeing it for the first time, they talk about how jewel encrusted this this fucking bird is. The bird don't look jewel encrusted. It's obviously it doesn't just, even have any spaces for the jewels like, to slide into. Yeah, it looks like something from. I mean, granted, like the version you see in this movie, the only version you see, it's like enrobed in black enamel to, yeah. to hide its glory. So you don't know what it actually looks like. I guess maybe its feathers could be like flattened, like rubies and jewels and 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 sapphires and stuff, kind of nested into the gold body of it. But it doesn't look like the chunky, like what you think a jewel encrusted eagle statue would look like. I couldn't get past it. I was like, this movie bullshit. I screamed when this movie started. I was like, where's the jewels? <laughs> where's, where's the, the jewels? jewels? Um, but... Diamonds! <laughs> Sapphires. But then it's in San Francisco. Can you tell it's in San Francisco? Well, With I all the shots of all the bridges and all yeah. the... And the giant words, San Francisco. Yeah. I like how Sam Spade's office... I don't think it's the Golden Gate Bridge, maybe it's the Bay Bridge, but, like, he's got the big fucking bridge behind him. And, like, this, it's a really cool little set. Yeah. He's, like, in, in like... It's kind of like the Flatiron building. He's, like, living and working in a building that comes in a point. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see all the windows out of the different sizes. It looks cool, though. It's and nice it's set the, design. Yeah, we go to the offices of Spade and Archer. Mm-hmm. Bogart's sitting in his chair, rolling a cigarette. Uh, Miss Wonderlay, a knockout, wants to see him. That's what Effie calls her, a knockout. She, you'll want to see her. Again, She's a real knockout. Maybe shit's changed since 1941. <laughs> Not that 
this shit, the, but I'm like, she looks looks like a person. No, that, I mean, I'm not like go back and look at like ladies who were like super super hot in like the 1920s and or 1910s, and you're like, mm, not today standards. Because they're like, I'll just shave <laughs> off my eyebrows here and draw them in huge lines. I love the idea. They I draw their magazine. Like, they draw. I'm on the shitter and I pick up a magazine and it's actually for some reason it's a catalog from like 1915. I'm like, not my standards. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it out loud. Like, there's no context or anything like that. Like, but they yeah. used to draw like the McDonald's arches for eyebrows. Yeah, so, like they look like Divine. Yeah. From uh, John Waters movies, but um. Yeah, I, I, you know what? She looks the, the the supposed femme. They all the I watched the documentary on the Blu-ray about this. They talk about how she is one of cinema's finest femme fatales, and I'm like, she's a lady with a hat on. <laughs> like she's not particularly yeah. seductive. I kept on confusing her with the secretary of all people. Well, like, like it's not like kind of like how we talked about in Coconuts, all the ladies in that look the same that were dancing. Yeah, I, it's. Oh, actually, if you go back and actually like it, that's a pretty motley crew of ladies in that. In well, yeah, the, but I mean, like hairstyle. And well, yeah, all that exactly. Stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't like dudes look different. Yeah. Like, you could have a guy that's face look like a foot. Well, this is the or a got, guy's that face that looks like a clenched fist. You've got Bogart, Laurie, and Screen Street in there. They look like fucking cartoon characters. Yeah. Where all the women are just like the same shoes, the same hair, the same. It's, and it's I, like, it's, it was probably just executives being like, "This is what the public wants. Only this type of lady is goes in our films." Yeah, because that's. I, but yeah. we're spending too much time about how hot or not uh, this one late random actress. You're is, the one that brought it up. I know. I feel bad. I should not be judging. But <laughs> but no, it's just like it's just funny. Just seeing yeah, femme fatale. I'm like again, she doesn't live up to the cartoon. She's not like Jessica Rabbit or like the sultry. What you th- like if you've like 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 from like a television sitcom parody of film noir, you think the femme fatale is gonna be like wearing a slinky dress and have like a cigarette with it's a cigarette Mink. holder. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I forgot about that. No. <laughs> no. But that's kind of what like, even film noir, like yeah, when Looney Tunes would make fun of this stuff, or, you think it's gonna be more like that. Or Madame the Puppet. <laughs> Your arch nemesis, Madame. If you haven't seen Bill's arch nemesis that gives him nightmares, I, I just spent... look up Madame Puppet, 1970s. I spent a year trying to get that out of my fucking head. <laughs> Madame looks like, oh my god, a long fucked, fucked a human lady and that's what came out. Oh my god, yeah, so. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, I should just, uh, this does not live up to the film noir stereotype okay. that you think of, but yeah, both in cinematography and the in costuming and yeah but anyway femme fatale shows up she's from new york she says she, do you remember the character's uh, name because i just write it down as what's her face all uh, my notes well, it's just what's her face miss wonderlay here oh that's we right find out a real she's miss o'shaganassy lady yeah o'shaganasty she miss o'shagonasty that's miss nasty I mean, the fact that she's actually Shag-o-nasty. escorted That's into the film. That's a fucking Austin Powers character, it's, Bill. Well, no, her escort into the film is Pootie Tang. <laughs> she jago nasty. Yeah. <laughs> but what? she's like, hey, my adult sister did something that adults do, but we don't want that. So I, want, so- I yeah. want you to find her and make sure that her life choices are that which I and my parents want for her. Man, I hate to say it. This is the Like I said, I've seen this movie four times in six months now. I have no idea what the plot is. Hopefully, you've made better notes about like what's <laughs> actually so happening too, in terms of the mystery. It's a little complicated. I forgot that she shows up. Yeah, she's talking about it's, she, it's she's finding her sister, 
It's it kind of reminded me of the way they do the plot in uh, Dial M for Murder, but not as tight. Yeah, no, not as well this explained. Is, I, I in retrospect, if I followed it fine, but if like, you're Dial approaching... M for Murder is so well, this so movie, well weaving. It's easy to think that this well-weaving. is because it's a detective story. You think it's supposed to be a whodunit, and that the audience is supposed to be able to guess what's the the the, the punchline of this movie is not who did it and why. It's just, it's more about the atmosphere. So, because there's a lot of twists and turns in this store that you only find out until, like, after the fact, off camera. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll get to that later, but, so So the plot doesn't matter so much. Mile Archers comes in and immediately gets a boner when he sees her, and he's like, how you doing? (laughs) Turns into, yeah. So much so that I feel stupid. Even the fourth time watching the movie, I forgot the fact that he has a boner for this lady becomes a plot point later, but, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So, uh... She's like, oh, that Mr. Floyd that took my sister away, he a bad man. He probably kills somebody. Also, he's married with two children. So my sister's really kind of an idiot. Obviously, I wrote all this down before I knew what happened later. I know, yeah. Uh, so you didn't watch it a second time or anything? No, okay, I don't yeah. do that. I've never done that. I I, I don't See, even... See, I will watch our show multiple times. Do you know times. how long it takes me to watch these fucking movies? Yeah. Is this, I stop constantly to write shit Is this down. one of those episodes where you wrote shitloads, like, way more many notes than you thought that you were gonna? No, I, wrote, I usually write as many okay. as I do. Anyway, so... Yeah. Anyway... She's got a case for Bogart and what's-his-face. Yeah. She wants them to trail the guy so they can find her sister. Something, something, sister. Whatever. Something. So, Miles is like... He's, right. he's Miles. already bored by this plot, this excuse. He's like, "Oh God, just tell us what's really going on." Uh, Miles is like, "Hey, I'll follow him. You gonna call war about me? Uh, cause nothing bad gonna happen." She gives them two hundred bucks. Yeah. They take it. One one guy gets a hundred bucks. The other guy gets a hundred. Other yeah. Bucks. She leaves, and Miles is like, "Ha ha! I'd fuck her even with my wife." He uh, says something like that though. Yeah. It is kind of like, eh. Uh, Archer, ew, ew, ew. yeah. And then suddenly it's nighttime. Archer's <laughs> outside. And again, it's, it's totally abruptly. <laughs> yeah. He's just like st- staring off camera. <laughs> well, no, he's staring at the camera. Oh yeah. He smiles and then kapoog, he gets shot and he goes bleh, 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 and but he's falls like, down. A there's hill. a hand. It's almost like a first-person shooter with like there's a hand with a gun, almost like well, the way a hand and a gun will appear on a first-person shooter. And he's like so deliberately not looking at the gun, but gets shot point-blank range that it's like the gun is invisible to him. But then, yeah, he gets shot. That's the end of that whole yeah. scene. Yeah, fall down a hill. Yeah, and then Spade gets a he call. He goes flying yeah. too, man. He gets wrecked. Spade gets a call. Sam Spade. And he's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, this is what you well, see. I'm it, not too worked up about that. Sure, sure. Whatever. This is actually probably my favorite shot in the film because you don't see him. It's just uh, Sam Spade's nightstand with his little little night purse of mm-hmm. tobacco and with the window it's it's sometimes nice. you gotta have a midnight snack just reach in that bag <laughs> shove some like tobacco doing. in your mouth um, um, um. oh god i didn't think about it. he could be using it like fucking chew Chalk. oh yeah like oh yeah, yeah yeah but yeah he gets the call yeah then he calls his secretary he's like miles has been shot dead now don't get excited you tell his wife i'd fry for it it's like don't get excited. One of your coworkers is dead. Well, that's the thing. The Bogart, he's supposed to be all tough as nails and like, ah, just because one of our friends got killed, don't get worked up. Yeah. Which, that's totally the wrong intonation because Bogart's the opposite man, of Schmidt. That's the whole reason Bogart was popular because he was not Schmidt. He was like, Ugh. talk through his teeth. Yeah, like he could nerve. barely just summon the energy to be on set. Just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. 
That's why he's so cool. Yeah. And so that's that's the ed- energy he can barely summon to show up at, at the murder scene for his own friend. Yeah. Just, so he goes uh, to the scene of the crime, talks to the detective that's there, and then he's like, so, he's standing here, he got shot here, fell down the hill, broke this thing here, now he's dead down there. Wow! What a great detective work, Sam Spade! Nobody could have totally figured out well, that's what I happened. I like how even the police detectives were like, would you like to go see the body? He's like, ah, I'm not gonna see anything you guys didn't see yourselves. Yeah. And he's just kind of, bruh. Um, well, and then the guy is, uh, the guy's like, uh, was he working? Yeah, he was following a guy named Thursby. Oh, what for? Thursby, okay. What for? Don't crowd me, Tom. Yeah, it's not like there's been a murder or anything, and they could yeah, use some clues. Yeah, I this is laying in the idea that, like, he and, he and the police have kind of a tenuous kind of, like, trust between each other that, like, yeah, they're, they're not gonna pry too much and let <laughs> and him work. The cop is like, yeah, sure, the guy was a bit of a shit, but tough way for him to go, huh? He probably had his good points, huh? And Sam's like, I guess so. And he walks really is a- And <laughs> walks away. Ow! <laughs> I um, guess he has some good points. It's a little early to get into trivia, but this is the scene where uh, there's a poster in the background for uh, one of Bogart's first films, Swing Your Lady, which everyone who was involved in the film agreed was a piece of bullshit, because it's like about <laughs> barn dancing. Ooh! We gotta do that one. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, I would. I cannot imagine Bogart dancing. Just that sour look on his face. Just swing your leg to You know, like his first line ever in a movie is like tennis. Anyone? Because he was playing some kind of like rich. What is it with old timey people thinking that dudes that look like Bogart and the guy from Dial M for Murder look like tennis players? Why would you put Bogart in tennis shorts? Tennis anyone? <laughs> Know, which is funny because Bogart actually came from money, so that's actually more in keeping with his background than, than this fucking Sam Spade shit. But anyway, You're like, um, hey, I gotta go break the news to Miles' wife. Yeah, which is a lie because he asked his secretary to do it. Oh, that's right. But still, but then he calls Miss Wonderly, uh, but she done checked out of the uh, hotel or wherever she was. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't, I guess, it come Yeah, this. Yeah, even again. Yeah, so he goes home. Happy that he accomplished nothing. Good really job, Sam. Blackluster night for Sam Spade. He's about to um, get boozy, but then the detective and the lieutenant show up at his door. They're, which is weird, because they could have had this conversation at the scene. It's yeah. kind of weird that there's a scenery change. They're acting but... strange. Asked him if he's carrying a gun. He's like, nah, I don't like guns. You can search the place if you want. Hey, what's going on here? Like, he went from zero to 60, like, hey, ramps got, up real quick. I don't quick. have a gun. You can search the place if you want. I have guns at work. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, uh, the whiskey just kicked in, yeah. yeah. He suddenly woke up. He's like, oh my god, wait, what's going on? And they're like, hey, we know that you didn't have to go break the news of the miles. You got your secretary do that. Where you been? Thursby also got shot 20 minutes later. You, 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 what you Oh, doing? yeah, and he's like, where you been? And he's like, I was out taking a walk. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking things over. And he says... One of the stranger sentences in this movie. I know, yeah, because I wrote it Sorry down Sorry I got up, all up on my hind legs, boys, but if you boys fellow to rope me, got nervous, got me nervous. Miles getting bumped up upset me, but then you birds cracking foxy, but it's all right now. Now that I know what it's all about. <laughs> so when you're typing, are you, like, looking up a script? No. Because are you typing this down, like, transcribing? Yeah. I did the same, and I had to go back again like three times just to like wait what the that is just a hell of a phrase of words of- sorry i got up all on my hand like boys but you fellas to you fellows roping me got me nervous miles getting bumped out upset me but then you birds cracking foxy i mean this is- i have never heard cracking foxy 
Ever. I mean, he sounds like his cartoon equivalent in a Looney Tunes cartoon. If the character of him showed up, Jason Bugs Bunny, this is what he would be saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. So he's like, Thurs- Fucking love it. It's Maximum <laughs> Bogart. It's great. So he's like, Thursby shot, huh? Yeah. How'd I do it? I forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, kind of like, oh. like, he was shot four times in the back with 44-45 from across the street. Uh, and then the other cop, the uh, lieutenant's like, hey, yo, I don't know if you did it, but if you did do it, fuck you. But if you did, uh, well, cool. Yeah. Uh, it is a weird point because they do say that they do specifically mention that they think he was shot, shot from across the street, even though we just saw he got shot point from blank fucking range. We didn't see him get shot. Not Thursby. Oh, they're talking about. Oh, they're talking about Thursby getting yeah. whacked. Uh, oh, that's right, because that's what. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So then Sam's like, "Fair enough. Let's drink." And then they drink. And he he toasts. Does he say success? Success to crime as his toast? I can't. Yeah, it's. I. That's yeah. a weird toast. I don't even know what it this means. This is Bogart just like fucking freestyling. Success to crime. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, if you're a police detective, you're like, wait, are you, is he fucking with us? <laughs> We're accusing him of crime and then he says success to crime? Although, all, success to crime is actually a pretty good toast for any occasion. <laughs> success Imagine to crime. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Family. Grateful you could all be here. Success to crime. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then there's a newspaper. Thursby, Archer murders linked. Private detective was shadowing Thursby. Spade goes to work the next day. His secretary's like, hey, she's in your office. He's like, I told you to keep her away from me. Right. Yeah, but you didn't say how. Fucking don't be cranky. Oh, don't be cranky with me, Sam. I've had her all night. So he walks in there and closes the door. And she's like, oh, Sam. This is obviously the widow because she's dressed all in black. Yeah. Which, do you keep a black veil and outfit in your closet in case somebody That's dies? That's the insinuation that, or like, up until, like, a generation or two, that go- was standard part of every woman's gear was, like, you had to have, like, a fucking black veil in case your husband died and you had to go to the funeral <laughs> the next day. Weird. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Well, it- I can see, every, like, every woman, they have, there's the whole stereotype, every woman's got to have that little black dress. But then, yeah, there's, like, actual mourning gear women always have in these movies and yeah. shit. Like, yeah. So she's like, oh, Sam, and smooches. Yeah, they fucking... I've seen, the... Again, I've seen this movie four times in six months. That still throws me for a loop because I'm like, oh, my God, they fucking, I guess? But, yeah. Even though, know, like, th- three minutes from now, he's like, I can't stand that bitch. Or, yeah, exactly, yeah. Sam Spade, you're a dickhole. He's like, darling, did you take care of everything? I think so. Sam, did you kill him? And he's like, oh, who put that idea in your head? And she's like, what? I thought you said you... He said for one for miles. Then we... You and me? I can't... Oh, come on. <laughs> and he goes, ha! And claps. Man, and I feel like, kind of bad for Miles. Because Miles is so... He died. No one... Give, even his wife is barely even giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, she's like... She's more worried about how it's going to affect her like, relationship oh, with Bogart. Be kind to me, Sam. And he's like, ha! Did you kill my husband? Be kind to me, Sam. I'm not sure what he's trying to do here. Yeah. Is he mocking her? Is he, like, laughing at her trying, like, I don't Well, because don't he, get what Bogart he's really doesn't here. emote. And so he'll have lines of dialogue that you, like, you think, like, we're going to suggest something else, but he's so deadpan about it, it's hard to tell exactly, like, is he being sarcastic? Is yeah, he being serious? I don't like, know. And especially when he's throwing around, like, old fucking period slang, it gets even harder to understand, like, 
is kind of like watching Shakespeare. Mm. You don't have enough context to understand exactly what the nuances are in the scene. He's like, girl, go home. And she's like, okay, yeah. you come soon. And he's like, yeah, well, you bet as soon as I can. Uh-huh. Um, so his secretary comes in after she leaves. And uh, he's like, she thinks I killed her husband. Again, Cops I thought it was I the same lady, feet. just in a different costume change. <laughs> Who do you think I killed? Fucking face blindness. Like, you think she killed him? He's like, you're an angel. A nice, rattle-brained angel. Why you gotta insult her? I guess she's a glutton for punishment. And she's like, she wasn't at home when I went and saw her. Her clothes were still on a chair. She had oh, just yeah. changed. They were warm. And her bed was wrinkled. But not wrinkle-wrinkled. Not, what was it, the sheets are, like, wrinkled but not sat upon yeah. or whatever. Like, I was like, well, that's an interesting detail. Also... Note. This has no bearing on anything in the rest of the movie. In retrospect, is even it just a red herring? It's just yeah. It's just detail. It's just yeah. It's just texture. He's like, ah, you think you're a detective, loser? <laughs> she's like, he pops his skateboard up and skateboards out of the office. <laughs> she's like, you think you know what you're doing? You're too sick for your own good. Uh, he gets a call from Miss Wonderlay. He's gonna go see her. Uh, but not before he tells the secretary, get that fucking desk out of here. Get that shit out of I name, like... off my, off the window and get my Sam Spade out of there. I don't want to see none of my dead partner shit, shit anymore. He's been dead for, checks his watch, four hours. I am tired of looking at it. <laughs> you think I'd at least be a little worried about who's going to be paying, like, helping pay the rent now or like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Eddie's balance shit is covered in dust. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, on the flip, yeah, this, yeah, really does make it, no, that's I'm a surprised point. at some point in this movie he doesn't go, Sam only looks out for one guy, see, Sam, which, I mean, he should. It's probably deleted scene, I'm sure they probably filmed a scene like that. Oh, that would be fair, Eddie Valiant, that was his brother. Yeah. But still, like. But in the world of detectives, your partner is your brother. I guess not. Isn't that what Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2's taught us? <laughs> Your partner is like your brother. You're like a brother to me. I also, I if miss- I die, I want you to raise my kids. <laughs> I miss parts that is Bat Boy. Bat Boy? Bat Boy and Like Bat the Boy National Enquirer. No, it's fucking- not the National Enquirer. Oh, the, the Daily World w- w- News. Weekly World News. Yeah, Weekly yeah. World News. The Bat Boy. Not making two Bat Boys in crime. <laughs> getting the shootout with explosions. Oh, I want that movie. Bat Boys. Bat Boy and what's another staple from that? With those big speeches. Yeah, but who who does another... the voices for the Bat Boys? Because it's gonna be a little stop motion animated head with like a little like fucking Charlie McCarthy jaw. Um. um <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Oh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess uh, being business co uh, co business people in this world don't mean shit really. Yeah. yeah. So he goes and sees uh, what's her butt, and he's like, "Hey yo, I know that story you told us was a bunch of shit." What's your real name? So her name is O'Shaughnessy, not, not O'Shagosagas. What's O'Shagosagas? Isn't that a fucking monster from D&D, Shagosagas? <laughs> uh-huh. Wow, okay. It's only found in swamps. <laughs> Shagass. Uh, oh, my God. He's uh, he, he tells her, oh, we didn't believe you. We only believed you. $200. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh yeah, they do remark that uh, fucking uh, Archer's body was found with a crisp hundred dollar bill still in his pocket. Because yeah. fucking Spade didn't ask for it back. <laughs> hey, that's my money. Give him a money. So it actually does raise a good question: What do people do with money that found on corpses? Do they go to the family? Yeah, I guess it goes to the family. 
personal belongings go to the That's a waste of $100. <laughs> it's not like they're going to be like, whoever catches it gets it. Wee! <laughs> throw it up at the morgue. Uh, that's a good point. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> are you Are you sure you're a human being? <laughs> are, you, are you an alien in a bill suit? <laughs> Why? Is that like what? Oh, they're wasting money giving it to the family members of the dead I, human. If Spade's going to be this practical, I'm surprised that's not the first thing that, like, when he goes to the crime scene, he finds and the guy's talking about it. We found a hundred dollar a bill in his pocket and thirty bucks in his wallet. He's like, "Can I have it?" <laughs> I mean, come on. He's that like, would be completely hey, in keeping with everything else we've seen about Sam Spade right there's, now. There's going to be a lot of dialogue skipped because oh, they say whole, a lot this, of shit. This whole that, this is a that stage is play. necessary, but. I'm not, I can't even write you that can't, all yeah. down. Uh, you'd but, be reenacting the whole... Because like I yeah. said, it's a stage play. You'd be reenacting uh, the whole film. He's like, there's tons of cops out there looking for answers. And she's like, you'll shield me from them, right? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll totally shield this total stranger that I met. Just because she's fucking hot. He does have a great line like, oh no, no, no. I, is this the scene where she says something about, are you going to go to the cops? And he's like, go to the cops. All I have to do is stand still and they're going to be swarming all over me. Yeah. Like, there's a great little turns of phrases like that, which I guess are taken 100% verbatim from the book, and it's just the way that Bogart says them. It's just it's movie magic. It's good stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's like, tell me what's going on. And she's like, I can't right now. I'll tell you later. You have to trust me. And uh, This after, like, he just proved that her shit has been 100% fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I've only known this lady for 12 hours, and she got his partner killed. Yeah. Now, don't trust me, trust me. Mm-hmm. She's a terrible femme fatale. He's like, keep lying to me. And she's like, the lie wasn't what I said. It's how I said it. I do it. love she could... That is some fucking eight-year-old <laughs> well, argument bullshit. And I love she keeps on putting these little performances. Like, and he keeps on popping her balloons going like, oh, that's... Oh, you're going to do the eye thing? Oh, yeah, I get... Yeah. That's why like, when I was a little kid, me and my siblings would be like, I wasn't lying. I was joking around. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole kids. Yeah, when someone's tap dancing around semantics, that's not a very interesting character trait. That's what makes this lady a shitty femme to fatal. She's just kind of like, me, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, fucking come on, I need some information. And she's like, oh, Mr. Spade, you don't think I shot him, do you? And he's like, did you? And she's like, no. And he's like, Doesn't that turn out to be exactly what happened, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh. And they, do they talk about Cairo here, or... I don't think... Oh, no, not Thursby. He's like, who kills Thursby? Your enemies are his. Yeah. And she's like, oh, his, I suppose. And that opens the door for Cairo to show up in the next scene, though. Yeah. Um, So, Cairo. He's going to tell the cops about her, but then he's like, how much money you got? She's like, I don't know, $500-y dues. And he's like, give it to me. Uh, And while he's giving her the money, he looks in her hat, and it says, Lucille Shop, Queens Road, C, Hong Kong. Good thing that shop in Hong Kong wrote all their tags in, in English. perfect English, yeah. Um, although I, it's it's a British colony, it's uh, um, at least it was at the time. He's like, that's I don't only, think it was at the time. That's only four hundred dollars. Ain't you got some things to hawk? She's like, I got, I fucking have money too. And he's like, ah, sell your fucking furs and shit. Well, she's my furs for the rest of the film. So and he I gives don't know. her. He's like, here's two dollars change. <laughs> <laughs> Which back in 1941, that's like a week's rent. But yeah. yeah. Uh. So he's like, "All right, cool. Go hawk your shit. I'll be back. I'll ring four times. One short, one long, then one short, one long. Don't worry about opening the door. I got a key." And he pieces out. Yeah. Uh. 
goes back. Which to again, never be, it never becomes a plot thing. No. It's 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 just little gritty crime texture, just yeah. like yeah. Uh, he goes back to his office, calls his lawyer, which I guess is just to set up like how is he doing all this without getting arrested or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, hi lawyer, can I do all this shit I'm going to do? Cool, bye bye. Yeah. Click. Well, it's interesting to note that this was Dashiell Hammett. He was a Pinkerton detective, which I had no idea. Mm. Uh, and so uh, he, the, I mean, he knows all this stuff from actual real life. I mean, granted, this movie is not a fucking documentary, but I, I guess little details like that were stuff that he put into the story. Just say this is this is how we did shit, though. Like you know, sometimes you have to call up a lawyer and say, "Am I in the clear if I do this?" Yeah, which yeah, kind of makes sense. So Mr. Cairo shows up. I, cause she comes in and says something about Gardenias. I well, misread he hands that as him a him. card. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> smells the card like some sort of weird animal. And she's like, gardenias. This this shows my lack of attention. As I've seen this, again, I've seen this movie four <laughs> times in six months. I thought his name was Mr. Gardenia. <laughs> ah, I wrote the, my first notes beautiful. were Mr. Gardenia does this, Mr. Gardenia does that. But yeah. No, um, but then uh, he, Peter Laurie comes walking in. And Sam's like licking his thing and stops midway through. Oh, he's doing. Like, the, he's, he's 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 licking the papers. Yeah, for cigarettes. licking the cigarette papers, and he stops midway through. Like, like, <laughs> like nobody's ever seen a human that looks like Laurie before. I like, he's like Laurie's a goober, but it's not like a monster. Just it's not like ET just walked no. through the door. It's not. Like, uh, it's. He's just a little. He's a little chihuahua. Taco Bell of a some man. Of the mugs we've seen in films of the this era. Yeah, he he's not. He, it's not like he's Rondo Haddon or anything yeah. like that. Um, but how would you describe Peter Lorre's character? Uh, <clears throat> like if you ironed out, <laughs> like if you ironed out Steve Buscemi's character from Boardwalk Empire. Wow. That's actually not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> Would you also describe him as mm. curious, <laughs> extraordinary, eccentric, wears a hat of someone else's choosing, inconsistent, a sunset lover, no, smooth elbows? <laughs> what is this? Uh, this is a listing of euphemisms for being gay in uh, old uh, movies. Mm. Uh, this is, I guess, when people I point to... I have the to... smoothest elbows. Does that mean I'm a homosexual? <laughs> well, I guess when people point back to characters who are supposed to be gay, but they couldn't be a front... They come, kind of, couldn't come out and call the character gay, but, like, are coded as gay. Yeah. This is one... This character, uh, uh, Julius Cairo... Joel Cairo? What the fuck's his name? I don't know. Uh, is I is know. one of the centerpiece things of like when people talk about like how hiding a gay movie, a uh, gay character in in, in yeah. plain sight, and so yeah, uh, I l- looked up a list of yeah old timey film reference like the you know the yeah. terms for being gay. Yeah, smooth elbows. I guess having smooth elbows. Uh, a man with specific mannerisms <laughs> sleeps diagonally. A perplexment. He rides the carousel. He's an evening botanist. He's classically athletic. Fraternally minded? He's a fancy toot. Wears a light wristwatch. (laughs) Oh my god. There's too many of these. Gives a careful handshake. Okay, we gotta move on. How many more do you have? (laughs) Got a couple. Gives too much change for a dollar. What? He's a fluent swimmer. Huh? A a keen-eyed bird watcher. Fond of his mother. He's elegant. Well, that's just Jewish, man. (laughs) Built on an uncertain foundation. A real jackdaw. A vowed bachelor. A gentleman of the peers. Born with the call. Limber, an esthete, in the way of uncles. Creepy. He throws a party with an open guest list. Son of the moon, a boy from Eaton, 
You said a couple. <laughs> There's only six more. <laughs> he always rings twice. Has a silk bathrobe, which is funny because I've actually, I remember I've heard some of these. He's not quite up to code. He, hitch, he hitchhikes instead of taking the bus. Uh, stays ahead of the game. Is a skillful mountain climber. <sighs> salutes another flag. And or he's an upside down chimney sweep. Wow. So that's how Hollywood would describe. I'm so glad. Cinema's Joel I'm Cairo. I'm so glad you spent time researching. <laughs> it's a hell of All a list. All this slang for, for gay people back then. In the way of uncles or smooth elbow. This is, well, I should have read it like in the way of uncles. Nah, smooth elbow. That would have been even more unbearable. He's a gentleman of the peers. Get now. He throws a party with an open guest list. Eyebrow, eyebrow arch. Yeah, so. Yeah. Mm, okay. But he comes in. He wants Sam's help to get back a bird. He'll pay $5,000 for it. And he's kind of like, again, kind of the gay coding thing. He's kind of flating his walking stick. All, while yeah, all while looking at his brow like, I love this umbrella. He's so good. <laughs> he almost licks it. It's like this close to turning into Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show here. He's so just... Yeah. Sam gets a buzz from Elf. He has Effie. a great haircut. His hair's like waffled cut. Yeah. It's kind of like got wavies and shit. It's like... It just... Yeah, I just love him. Peter Lorre's the best. He seemed like a cool human being too. Mm. But anyway, but that's not hair there. Uh, Sam gets the buzz from Elliot on the front desk. She's leaving. Uh, he's like, all right, well, lock up when you go... And when he turns back, Laurie's got a gun on him, and he's like, "Get a little baby gun." I'm Again, going, he, even even the I'm gun thing is. I'm going to search your your office now. Come to the center of the room, and he's walking him to the center of the room, and then punch, punch. Down he goes. Not does he even punch Laurie directly? He punches Laurie twice in his face with Laurie's own fist because <laughs> he grabs his he grabs his arm and like punches. Yeah, it's yeah. He essentially does. I'm hitting you. I'm not touching you, but quit hitting yourself yeah. twice. He falls the on the couch. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Sam searches his pockets. There's, got... what well, he falls on the couch. He's still conscious, but then uh, fucking Bogart has this demonic grin on his face when he comes over and finally punches him directly with his own fist. Hmm. It just like it's just really weird. And then he, that's what knocks him out, and that's when he's searching through his uh, through uh, Lori's stuff. Got a bunch of passports, a theater card. A stinky hanky. <laughs> Why did he smell the hanky a bunch the of times? Stinky hanky. You know that was sex move. <laughs> the stinky hanky. Um, I guess that's what. Maybe that's the scented gardenia maybe, scent. I don't know. That he keeps in his. I guess it's not really a wallet at this point. It's a fucking bill folder. Yeah. So he wakes up. It's essentially a leather folder he keeps in he his pocket. He wakes up and is like, ah. Goes over to the <laughs> yeah, mirror. Yeah, he's all like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> goes over to the mirror and he's like, look what you did to my shirt. Uh, was everybody on Quaaludes in this movie? Why? Oh, because everybody's everyone's... nobody's got any emotions. Well, that's the time, of the night. The this is they, the film noir, I guess. The time everyone... Sam does show emotion, it's all an act. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. that's actually a plot point later. Yeah, like I don't think I don't feel like people were as polite in real life as they were in movie time back then. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, you had to aspire to something. Oh, you shot me in the stomach. Oh, I'm sorry, I've been such a bother. I got blood on your shoes. Blech. Yeah, it's hard it's to believe weird. anyone, at, at least these days, getting punch, punched out with their own fist. <laughs> then waking up and going, like, you fucked up my shirt. Not even that. Oh, look what you did. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why we got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's like, imagine how I felt when I found out that 5,000 bucks was a bunch of hooey. And he's like, he's not hooey. I don't have the money on me. 
Uh, oh, that's right, because Lori offers to, if if he knows where the Maltese Falcon is, he'll give him 5,000 yeah. bucks. But he'll, he'll take the Lori's... And up until this point, like, uh, 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 Bogart's not even heard of the uh, Maltese Falcon. This is the first time it comes up in conversation. Yeah. And Lori's just assuming he knows, A, what it is and where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, um, he you know, takes Lori's money as a retainer for getting the 5,000 bucks from Bogart. Bernie's like, you aren't hiring me to kill a burglar, are you? Just get it back lawfully. And he's like, if possible, uh, would it be possible to get my gun back now? And he's like, oh, yeah, this sure. This is great. And he points at him. He's like, what in the middle of the room? And Bogart. I'm going to search your office. I love that Disney seem like he's acting, but like he's genuinely amused. Because the smile he cracks when he's held up again, it's just fucking great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Spade is getting tailed. I, well, I like there's no punch. Like, it's just he gets held up and presumably Joel yeah, Cairo does get to ransack his office. Yeah. Uh, um, and then uh, he's getting followed. I, is he getting followed by the same kid in the this scene? The Gunsel. Yeah. Okay. It's always that It's It's, it's always that guy. It's, despite Sidney Greenstreet's supposed to be this, like, super threatening dude, he's got. It's like, it's like if Jabba the Hutt only had, like, Bib Fortuna to do all of his work, but, like, he didn't have his whole yeah. gang. Like, this one dude is his whole gang. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, Salacious B. Crumb with a gun <laughs> would actually be a pretty great henchman. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, so he's being shattered he, by... He ditches the guy somehow. Yeah. Like, buzzing, goes up inside and... Oh, no, that's actually side. a great move. Because, yeah, he goes up to a random apartment complex, hits all the buttons, so someone pops open one of the, 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 the guard door downstairs. He comes in, walks through the back, out through the alleyway next to the apartment building, out through the front, and watches the guy hitting all the buttons, trying to do the same thing he did, but he can't get in. Mm-hmm. And, like, Bogart, again, just kind of chuckles to himself and walks away. Yeah. He yeah. goes and sees uh, Miss What's-Her-Name. Uh, yeah, What's-Her-Face. Shag-Ass. Miss Shag-Ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so... I'm kind of sad that that's going to be what we call her now for the rest of this. Uh, um, call her... Good call her by the actress the name Mary Astor. Or... Oh, whatever her actual thing is on this. Well, Shag-Ass. Uh, is her name Margaret? Margaret? It's Margaret. Wait, who? Her actual character. Her first name in this. Fuck, man. I can't remember. Shaganess is her last name. That's but, yeah. funny. Uh, but he's like, they talk. Uh, and he tells her that he's... Oh, that's right. <gasps> he, he goes back to her apartment. Yeah, I said okay. that. Uh, I missed. I was too busy looking at this screen cap from The Simpsons I took. <laughs> it's becoming... It'll be relevant in a moment. Okay. Uh, he tells her that he saw John Cairo, Joel Cairo. They talked. Uh, he wants a bird for five thousand dollars, and she's like, "Dude, I can't outbid that." And he's like, "That's all y'all used to bid. Like, That's all you've used to bid." Uh, the point of the conversation is him saying, not, "What the fuck's the bird? What's going on?" Not honesty, not truth, yeah. just money. And she's like, "What else have I got?" And he kisses her, and I said, "Oh no!" Why are you kissing? She's lying. She's a bad person. Also, that implies this: like, hey, fuck me, and I'll help you. Oh, I didn't think inkling. about that's that. That's the inkling no. that, I mean, why else would he... She yeah, that totally happen, makes sense. It happens right after she say, what else I got besides money? And he's like, girl, that puss. And I'm like, you gross. No. <laughs> Although, I guess that's fully keeping with the tone. Yeah. Like the hard-boiled crime thing going on. But, but knowing yeah. movies at the time, they're already in love. So. Yeah, they've been dating since high school. <laughs> Not even that. They just need to know each other for exactly, 30 minutes. Yeah. So, um, they go and see uh, Joel Cairo. Uh... And nothing happens with that kiss. Like, was it? No, and it, it, yeah, it's was, just kind of like he a just being forward. Was he showing off his, like his prowess, showing that he gets what he wants, being just or just being a sexual 
Predator. Yeah. Old time movies, you strange. You strange and you stranger. So they both go to see Joel Cairo, right? Yeah, they meet him at Sam's house. Yeah. Uh, or his they, office. They or walk the hell, right yeah. by Miles' widow, who's looking at them from a car. It's all bitch. Uh, Which you think is going to be more of a thing, but it really doesn't. It kind of does. Well, yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll get to um, it. Cairo shows up. She doesn't have the Falcon, but she can get it for him. It'll take a week. Uh, oh, this is when it comes clear that, like, yeah, she and Joel Cairo, they've been working together. They both traveled from Hong Kong together on a boat from Istanbul. Well, he's like, "Why are you gonna sell it to me? Why?" And she's like, "I just want to be rid of it. Fucking people getting killed over it." Uh, after what happened to Floyd, I don't want it anymore. Uh, and he, Kyra's like, what happened to Floyd? And she says, fat man here? Yeah, she just, yeah, she kind of deflects the caution. No, she says, is the fat man okay, here? she says. And that's when Joel Cairo stand up and he's like, the fat man. No, 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 fat man. <laughs> the fat man first of the window. <laughs> fucking ducks and rolls. He's got a little fat man hat. <laughs> It's not like it's fucking, it's fucking, what's his name? Captain Fantastic. It's fucking Burt Reynolds' buddy. Who's the fat guy? <laughs> Captain America, F- Captain Fantastic, fucking uh, Dom DeLuise. Uh-huh. <laughs> Captain little, Heart Disease. Little, yeah, he goes rolling into the window. His little uh-huh. fat man, little, little, little hat. <laughs> and then he starts laughing. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, that's not done to Louis laugh. Yeah, anyway, so they bring up okay so, now so this is this completes the holy trinity of badness so they mentioned. She's she's like, Hey, I'm sure you there's a guy tailing outside, I'm sure you can Oh, like you handled that guy in Istanbul. Yeah. And or he says that to her and then she gets up and slaps him. Or goes to slap him. No, she and slaps then, him. Oh, and then and he goes to raise his hand against her, but Sam stops him. <laughs> So he, this is he really tried, the only point of the whole thing. He tries to pull his gun <laughs> and then Slam chops it out of his hand with the whitest, like, it dude really is, karate yeah. chop ever. Not some Jackie Chan <laughs> shit. He goes, That's the second time you lay hands on me. He just goes, Sam goes, probably the hardest laugh in the movie. When you're slapped, you'll take it and like it. Slap, 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 slap. So, and just slaps the shit out of it. I saw this, the, 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 <laughs> like I said, I saw this in the theater for the first time. Like, I, I, it was the first time I'd ever seen this film with a bunch of old elderly people, which presumably grew up in this film. Some of them probably even saw this film when it was first released in theaters. Yeah. This was the biggest laugh hit of the whole movie. This is, this is, the, this, this is the funny this part. Is, yeah. He just slaps the shit out of this Everyone poor guy. Everyone just died. Because, yeah. You'll slap. <laughs> you'll take it and you, like it. When you're slapped, you'll yeah. You'll take it and you'll like it. It's fucking. And it really, it's Peter Lorre's just like <gasps> so trembling and just yeah. It's great. It's it is fucking priceless. Yeah, that's kind of like the highlight of the whole movie right there. Really, he hears a noise. He goes out. Uh, his front door closes. The sliding doors to that room. Those two are in. It's the cops. They want to know if there was anything between Sam. Oh, and there's the this widow. whole scene. Yeah, Jesus Christ, this goes uh, on for a while. And eventually, Cairo's like, "Man, <laughs> he really does." Cause he sounds like a chicken that just got fucked. Uh, yeah. The cops go inside with Sam. Cairo's got blood on his forehead. Yeah, it's like dripping onto a shirt and everything. You got yeah. whack. What the fuck happened? You never Story- find out exactly what happened. Stories are thrown around. Sam does a bunch of old timey private eye talking. Well, fucking Laurie says he makes it sound like he's being kidnapped by these guys, and they're gonna shoot him the moment the cops leave. But then suddenly. Oh, well, then, 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 then Bogart points out that, like, oh, well, then I guess we're all going to have to start pressing charges and we're all going to have to go down to jail. And once yeah. Laura realizes that they're all just going to end up in the clink, that's when he suddenly changes the story to, like, oh, no, I came up here willingly and then I just fell on the carpet and hit my yeah. head against that table right here. 
Yeah. And then the cops are like, what? Yeah, he does a bunch of private eye talking till the lieutenant punches Sam in the throat. <laughs> really does, like, not even, like, I, I rewound it, not even in the throat, like, right in the collarbone. Yeah. But it makes the big whacking, like, got punched in the face sound. Yeah. The point, like, and, like, yeah, Sam Speed does kind of stumble back, but he doesn't fall down. But it's just a really weird punching yeah. thing that happens. But And then everybody leaves. Yeah. So well, whirl, the cops... Whirlwind of dialogue. The cops do haul Lori away. You don't see it, but, yeah. like, the next time you see Lori, he's just... It's after he spent the night in jail being interrogated by the cops, but nothing seems to have happened to Spade or... What's-her-face? Shag-ass. I'm turning away from the microphone when I belch, but if you're picking that up, I'm sorry, I'm very gassy today. That's the shag-ass monster. <laughs> Oh, that's the duty. me from your inside. <laughs> Was it your guts, man? Uh, uh, nah, 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 nah. Speaking of which. Oh, yeah. wait, no, no, because in the morning, isn't it fucking Sam Spade? Is he walking through like a hotel well, lobby? Well, well, I guess the cops and him leave, but he's still there with the girl. He laughs. He's like, ha, ha, ha. I fool everybody. And he's like, oh, you talk to Cairo now, talk to me. And she tells him about the bird. And he calls her a liar. She agrees she's a liar. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, is there any, tr- there's some truth in that yarn? Some, not much. I'm so tired. Tired of lying, making up lies, forgetting what is a lie. And then he smooches. I totally blocked that out. They make I out. watched it twice in the last 48, <laughs> 24 hours, and I totally blocked that out. And then it's the next day, and he goes to a hotel. Okay, that's, yeah. And talks to the guy who was tailing him. He did, he literally really taunts him because like he realizes the guy's tailing him. The guy's sitting in a chair, and so Bogart sits in a chair right next to him. And I was like, "Fuck you!" Ki-. Essentially, he does, he's fucking with the kid. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, well, if you're gonna be following me, you better do a better job." It's it, that's kind of what he's saying. He's like, "Eh, yeah. I know you're fa- fa- tailing me, so fuck up." Yeah, he's like, "And yeah, you can tell the fat man I said so." He's like, "Shove off!" People can lose teeth talking like that. Mm-hmm. Uh. Sam talk, goes over and talks to some old dude named Luke, who only appears in this section of the movie. Yeah. And he's like, hey, yo, why is this guy sitting in your lobby with a gun? Oh, that's right, and yeah. he's like, get out of here! And he's like, I'm gonna forget you two. And then he leaves. I don't know if this is supposed to be the lobby to, like, Sam's apartment? I think it's Cairo's. Or is it Cairo comes in? Because Cairo comes in. Yeah. Yeah, and he's all freaked out because he's just spent the last, he's yeah, spent the night being interrogated. <laughs> he's like, all right, let's go somewhere to talk. He's like, our past interactions have not been so pleasant. That is great. You'll forgive my bluntness. Like, oh, hold back that bluntness. It is, it's so harsh. You're being too blunt. Say that past interactions have not been so pleasant. It's cute. I laughed at that. Um, and again, seeing it in the little, with the whole crowd, everyone's laughing at that line, too. He's like, like, everyone seems to enjoy the best part of this movie is Peter Lorre getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. He's like, uh, hey, yo, I had to do all that shit that I did. I don't know where Bird is. You know where Bird is. I gotta play along with the dame until she uh, tell me where the Bird is. How else am I gonna know where the Bird is? Uh, so he goes to his office. That widow keeps calling him, being like, Sam, come on. It's been two days now you since he died. S- Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, widow's kind of fucking pathetic. And you think the fact that she keeps calling him up would become a more of a plot point, but it's just like kind of background noise. I guess I it's don't a movie. even care what you just said. I'm just relieved that I remembered that song is from The Parent Trap. Which song? <laughs> Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the song. 
I've have never you seen, seen the Parent Trap. What? All I know is that she gave birth to a hobbit. You've never seen the Parent Trap? And that she fucked Gomez. That's so weird. That is Patty, not Patty Smith. Patty Mayonnaise from Doug. <laughs> I have no idea what that joke is, but I like anyone named... <laughs> the cartoon the, the, dog. There's a character named Patty Mayonnaise? Ca- that's named pretty Patty cute, Manny's. actually. I like that, yeah. How did... Wow, that's weird. What? That I don't know You Doug? haven't seen much Disney live-action movies then, huh? Not really. Mary Poppins, that's Her era it. was like the pinnacle of Disney. The Patty Duke, that's who we're talking about, yeah. Movies, weird. Mm-hmm. That darn cat. That, oh, he's that's so darn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll add that to the list. Uh... I, you know what, I actually, I have some friends It's who... a movie about two horrible parents lying to their children so they don't have to tell the other one about a twin. Isn't Freaky Friday, like, the same cast? No, what? But instead of oh, twins, yeah, yeah. switching, it's, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. So, so then the widow comes in, and, well, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, skipped, re- I skipped some lines. I was about to, yeah. Uh, Doing a blow by blow of this movie is a little weird. Him. Gutman got his message gonna be calling him uh someone tore apart uh his love interest's apartment so now they're in love and so he asked his secretary hey can you put her up at your place for a while cool cool i'm an asshole uh and and the insinuation is that he's the one who tossed shag ass's apartment is it i didn't get that according to the commentary yes mm. although i'm not quite sure why he would maybe i guess because he's still trying to figure out he could find any clues at her apartment when she's not there. I guess maybe that's why he sets up the whole thing about, like, if I come back, I'm going to knock on the door. Don't answer it unless I do this. And he must have come back, and if she didn't answer the door, he must have realized it was okay. Because they already established that she has the key to the, her place, so he could toss it. Eh, whatever. It's kind of, again, the movie's not so much about the plot, it's the atmosphere. The, the widow yeah. comes into his office and is like, hey, yo, I called the cops. I was so mad with jealousy. All, and it was like, oh yeah, that's why the cops showed up in the middle of Peter Laurie. With a lady, I'm in the middle of a murder investigation here. Yeah, and you just assume I'm fucking her. Yes, I am fucking her, but it's not very cool for you to assume. But that. my heart's not in it. <laughs> not like it's in yours. Yeah. In yous? What? In your? <laughs> so he sends her away because the police Darr. will be finding and talking to her. Sam. Gutman calls. Sam goes to see him. Uh. The young guy who's been tailing him answers the door and leaves the room. And Gummer's like, I tell you, I like to talk to a man who knows who to talk to a man who talks to men. I fucking love Sidney Green Street. He's, I like that how just because he's a fat man. Now, I know I've seen him in Casablanca, but this, his cadence and whatnot, I don't know if I've seen him in something it else. Is. Or if I've seen a parody of him in like a cartoon or something. I think because it's so like... Um, this brings up my little Simpsons thing. You've definitely seen at least a physical parody of this scene, uh, in the Simpsons episode "Homie the Clown." That's who it is. It's this. It's the fucking guy in the Springfield Shorts episode where he's like, "Oh, I definitely shouldn't have divulged the information of that client's <laughs> secret account." Oh crap! I definitely shouldn't have said that he was a client. Is he? Uh, is he a big fat? He's a chubby guy. It's too hot. But yeah, no, yes, yeah. that's who he reminds me of. That's what the of. vocal intonations are. That's yeah, what it okay, is. Yeah, it's the um, Simpsons. Of course, it's the Simpsons. <laughs> but yeah, in in Homie the uh, the episode Homie the Clown, where uh, Homer has to pretend to be. Oh no, he joins a clown school, Krusty's yeah. clown school. Uh, he's forced. 
Yeah, he's forced to do tricks for Fat Tony and Fat Tony's gang. Uh, there's a scene where Fat Tony's framed just like Sidney Greenstreet sitting on this chair, where his gut is like the focal point of all the shots with Sidney yeah. Greenstreet. That's the same thing with Fat Tony. Yeah, Fat Tony's belly is just like the first and foremost thing in the shots when uh, I think it's when Homer has to do the uh, loop-de-loop on the, ti- on the tiny bike for the first time. But anyway, that's neither here or there, but yeah. yeah um, so Fat Gutman is like, whose side are you on? The girl or the boy? He's like, I'm on my own side. like he's eating gravy out of his own mouth. <laughs> just like sort of burping it up and slathering yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, he's like, if I told you half of what that bird is worth, you'd call me a liar. He's like, ah, no, I'm too cool to call people a liar. Cairo did I say, don't do that. Cairo did say he'd give me $10,000 for it. He's like, <laughs> yes, I see. Mm, silly. Uh, so, uh... I love movies. Is it, does he say like so both of them say so both of them say they don't know where it is well then I'm the only one that does does he say that he's the only one that knows where it is or he's the only one that knows what it is uh it's it's, it's I missed that and I Green didn't Street knows what it is Bogey only knows where it is yeah. or where it could be at least be procured from yeah. and so that's why he suggests let's work together um I can cut you in for a quarter of a million dollars and Bogey's like impressed. He's all like, "Wow!" If you, if, no, like, he doesn't what, tell him that. What much do you think yet. the upper? No, oh, that's really? Later, is that later? Yeah. Oh, okay, because he's like, uh, "Oh yeah, they go back this and is forth a super for a short while. scene because yeah. they, they go just back... go back and forth for a second, then Bogey then, freaks yeah. out, and then Sam stands up and he's like, "Get back here, away from me! I'll kill him! I'll kill him!" Throws the glass and runs away. Yeah, smashes the glass and gets. But he's walking down the hall. He's like, "What's great?" Because he throws a fit. Um. And, oh yeah, but, yeah. So he, so he, he faints. He faints. Uh, outrage when Green Street refuses to divulge the the details about the Falcon. Yeah. He he storms out, and the moment he closes the door, he just like starts smiling, and he's almost and he's doing this skipping. little thing. Yeah, like that was a good performance. But I do like when he gets to the elevators. He realizes his hand is shaking. That he's kind of managed to like he's he's either got that from, adrenaline. He, yeah, adrenaline rush, or he's managed to scare himself enough with his own little performance that he's a little freaked out. But then he jumps what into the, the elevator. What was the point of it? I like, think, what did he get out of that? Again, just to show that he can be mad. I think he's trying to manipulate Green Street into thinking that he's more of a hot button, easily, easily pushed around. Per, not pushed around, but easily his buttons can be pushed more easily than he can, mm. and so so that, that'll help misguide Green Street in okay. future negotiations about this stuff. But as his elevator doors are closing, the other elevator doors open, and Cairo gets off. And Cairo just barely, barely miss running into each other. Also, uh, Bogey freaking out also does give the ultimatum that, like, if you, if, if Green Street really wants to know where the uh, Falcon is, that he'll get in touch with so, uh, Bogey by, like, 5 o'clock. Is Gunsel tailing Cairo earlier? Because he was in the lobby of the hotel where And they never Cairo say is, whose hotel or what that is. Cairo's working for Gutman, right? He's That's representing the insinuation. Him. So why was he ta- was he tailing Gutman? And also hotel? because uh, Peter Laurie honestly doesn't seem to even know that Gutman's involved until Shagass mentions but it he earlier. Be, he has to be representing him. Yeah, he has to be. Because they even because talk about how money. later he's about how they all money. came from Hong Kong together or like yeah, because yeah, up until this point in the movie, it seems like Shag. Uh, it seems like Peter Laurie and Green Street are two working independently from each other. But you find out later that they've all been linked 
long mm. before they they ever came to San Francisco. Nah. So it's confusing. Yeah, it's a it confusing. maybe it makes but, more sense in the book, but in the movie, it's kind of really hand waved. Sam goes to see the DA and is like, right, "I gotta figure shit out. Leave me alone." And he yeah. leaves. Uh, then Sam meets the kid on the street. The gunman has been following him. He's like, "Come on, let's go." He's like, I wasn't expecting you to 530 because he tells Gutman, you got to 530! <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then after 530, these 23-inch pythons are going to rain down on you, brother. Well, that's... The, the Sam Spade doesn't mention it more than once or twice, but he's trying to open up a Pasta Mania franchise. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get out of detective uh, stuff altogether, but yeah. Pasta Mania is my favorite restaurant. It's something that you think doesn't exist, you but it totally You think that would just did. exist as a Homer Simpson line. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually was a real thing that lasted for at least a couple years uh, um but yeah so yeah so Bogey gets so they go to see gutman again which is really you always wonder why this, this isn't down, part of the first scene walking because... down the hall and sam just reaches over and <laughs> pulls what? down the kid's trench coat to his arms and he gets a look on his face like it's great because the kid's trench coat is buttoned at the front so bogart pulling his his coat down kind of like loosely kind of bolts his arms to his sides because he can't reach into his pocket and pull his guns out. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Bogart uh, then shoves the kid into Green Street's apartment saying, hey, look at this dickhead. <laughs> look what I did. Oh, he does oh, come with this, this scene asshole. where he comes in and, like, Green Street is like, what happened? And he's like, oh, what, like a crippled? Yeah, a crippled little, uh, like a... a, a a crippled newsboy yeah, like, stole his stole guns, his and guns. I got them back for him. And because he's holding the two pistols, and he gives them to Green Street, and Green Street's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I love Bogart's just got it in for this poor fucking kid, uh, who is just man, this poor kid. He justified wanting to blow Bogart's what? brains out at this point. And so yeah, this is the part where so Bogart on. comes in and describes the kid as a gunsel twice in this scene. Mm. A gunsel. The only reason I even care about this is because. Dilling and Katie were, made this a big point of trivia when I first saw this in the theater. A gunsel is a Yiddish term for a kept boy, suggesting that a kid is a homosexual slave to Green Street. It's supposed to be a little, like, double entendre. Is it's 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 yes, yes you you're fucked for him here. Like a son. Mm, mm, yeah. But, yeah. But not to be confused when we see with how sweaty gunsel, Gutman gets later, that's... Well, it is a young boy. It is kind of like, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I mean, but yeah, that's really obscure. Do you have an, I mean, this, bit of Yiddish slang, a gunsel. He's been in a lot of shit. What do I know him from? Oh, the gunsel? Yeah. Uh, do you know him from anything? He was around until 1995. One of the trivia bits of trivia in the uh, commentary was he was the last surviving member of this cast uh, to live until, uh, yeah, when he died in 1995. Yeah, not, like, you know what? Like, his face is very familiar, and, like, yeah. his IMDb photo is him older, and it's very familiar, but I can't pick out what I would Let's know type in Falcon Gunsel and see if that brings up Eh, it's him. fine. Not a big deal. But he has kind of a distinctive face, though. Yeah, anyway, uh, Gutman tells him the Falcon is uh, gold with encrusted in, uh, in Again, lead. that shit does not look encrusted. No. I, I, I don't want to keep on pressing that button. It's like, but... yes, we know. We saw that in the title crawl. Go ahead. We all need to know now. Uh, in like the 1800s, a pirate lacquered it and, or put black lacquer all over it. So, and... yeah, the original origins was it was like the Knights Templar. They were renting property. From uh, who cares? The King of Spain. And so the rent, they had to pay rent with a golden fucking falcon. Yeah, encrusted in jewels. They, they shipped the first one off to the King of Spain. It got raided by pirates. The pirates took it, and since then, it's been like sh 
shifting hands for like the last yeah. like three collector years. found it, reenameled it. Uh, dude got murdered. Somebody took the bird. Took so it to who, yeah, it Russia. Took me Seventeen years to find that bird. A German guy had it, but he got it. Then he lost it. Now he wanted it again. Brr. He'll give Sam twenty five thousand dollars for it. Then another twenty five thousand dollars later, maybe a hundred thousand. Who knows? He'll give him a quarter of what it's worth. It also specifically the last bit of the history of the Falcon is that they tracked down the Falcon to like a Russian collector. Yeah. Who they stole the Falcon from, but somehow the Falcon was stolen from them. Something, something. Yeah. I and yeah, whatever. Just because, well, the fact that this Russian collector is kind of eccentric becomes a little bit of a plot point but later. But no. That's the thing. So yeah, that this is when Green Street offers Sam Spade twenty a quarter of a million bucks to find it, mm-hmm. and even Sam Spade's like, "Well, if you're gonna give me a quarter of a million dollars, how? What's your maximum idea of what this thing's worth?" And Green Street's just like, "Oh, you don't even want to know." Yeah, he gives him like I don't know a whole bottle of booze that he drinks throughout the meeting. This, in retrospect, in 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 this uh, trivia stuff. I was going to save this to later, but supposedly this is the most famous scene in the film because the way this scene is shot, it's supposed to be like an unedited, like a single take of that last seven minutes. Mm. It wasn't necessarily filmed that way, but the way it's edited together, it's supposed to be one of the cinema's first like what super long edit takes. it together? That's what I was saying! That defeats and the so purpose the of having an unending of, scene. And even watching it again, they're t- like, like all the making up stuff is talking about how groundbreaking the sequence was. And by virtue of the fact this came out right around the same time as C- Citizen Kane, and in its own way, is as impactful as anything that happened in Citizen Kane. I'm going back and rewatching, going, no, they're just kind of sitting there talking, and it, for like for a while, but it's not. It's one of those things where like taking it for granted, looking looking at it back from from future past, it's not that impressive. But maybe back in the day was, but well, yeah, I'm just kind of watching, going, why is everyone up freaking out about how this film was seen? Because it mm. just seems like. Couple, yeah. I don't know, but anyway. Oh no, Sam got drugged. Uh, this is, it drives me nuts whenever I watch like an adventure movie or anything like that, where the villain drinks something supplied to them by the bad guy. You mean and the almost hero never drinks the something. hero? Yeah, the hero drinks something supplied by the bad guy. No, <laughs> he, it that doesn't you happen as often as you Bill. would think. But no, don't Bill. You know Bogart can't resist that sweet, sweet call of booze. This is true. He's like... <laughs> they could have actually... Green Street could have done without the gun sole entirely and just open up like, like a bottle of whiskey on his windowsill and open up the cap. And like fucking Bogart would have wafted up all 30 flights. Mm-hmm. Like from outside like a goddamn cartoon character. Like like a fucking chasing after a pie left on a windowsill or something. But um, so yeah. He, he fall down. And then... Not quite sure why they just don't kill Bogart here. They just uh, knock him out for a couple hours. Just in case the, something goes shit up, I guess. Uh, later on, you find out, this is when they find out that the sea captain... Arr, he opened up his own buffet. <laughs> what is it called? A crusty barnacle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess this is, this is again, trying to make sense of the plot later on this film. I guess this is this is when they go down to the harbor to torch that boat. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, well they, no, then... The torch of the boat was actually, no. Bogart does wake up and he does. Well, tor- shut up. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> Bogart there's a lot of down, plot to think and through. And then the fat man is like, Wilma, get here. And I was like, the what? dude's name is Wilma. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like Wilma Rudolph. Yeah, y'all. Oh God, yeah. That's. I guess I wonder if that's an extra like. Mm, eh, the gunsel thing may not be entirely inaccurate. I don't know. People got weird names in old time, apparently. 
like Elbridge or yeah. what the fuck Chitty Chitty egg, Bang Bang was egg, called. Egg-bert. Egbert. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So, and he comes in and he goes, eh! Kicks him in the face. Sam in the face before he passes out. Oh yeah. And also Cairo comes in and is like, nee. and they all, all three of them leave together. Then Sam wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, Arr. according to the commentary, they said the first makeup job on the on the, on the injury to the side of Sam Spade's head was too cartoonish. It was like a big footprint. Nice. <laughs> and so they had to go back and reshoot it so it's more realistic. Just kind of like he's got like a bit of a welt on his forehead. But yeah, Sam gets up, goes to the bathroom, puts some water on his boo boo, and makes a phone call. And he never see he, the boo boo again. He calls Effie by picking up the phone and dialing two numbers. Apparently this, this was back from when phone, hotel room. phones were so new that you could have, uh, there were only 12. Well, there was like, less than 100 phone numbers. numbers. So he's just like, oh, Effie's uh, 72. Yep. Yep, there we go. Uh, uh, Mr. O'Shaughnessy. Uh, Shaughnessy, is that how you pronounce that name? I think so. Okay, I was I was serious when I was calling her Shagass because I thought it was O'Shagnassy. <laughs> okay. It's not O'Shagnassy. Yeah, okay. Uh, never showed up at, her, at, at Effie's house. He tells her to go to the office, and he's like, let's do something right for a change. And I don't know what is he I don't means he... by that. I'm, trying to, like I'm, I'm honestly trying to figure out the plot now. I'm not quite sure. does it. I would assume this is the way he usually does shit, but whatever. As go, compared to what? Like, how else? Yeah, I don't yeah. He searches around, finds a newspaper with J.A. Paloma arriving today from Hong Kong. Yeah. Circled. Joel Carroll. Why wouldn't you just remember that? <laughs> You gotta circle Especially it. Especially if you're not gonna take it with you. Said, if it's important enough to circle. Circle it. Yeah. Circle it while I'm in the middle of doing my crossword. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so. Bogart goes running through the streets screaming, oh no, oh no, that boat, that poor boat. <laughs> the J. Paloma is on fire. But don't worry, everybody got off safely except for a boat captain. It really is explained exactly why it's on fire. Other than Wilma they being a do. dick. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they explain the, the, well, the circumstances, Wilma but it's still kind of like... something. I don't know. I don't playing know. with matches. Dude, it's a fire bug. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do with these guns all so these To go days? back to their office, is just Bogart and his secretary, and then some dude's like... <laughs> and stumbles in, and it dies. Uh, John Houston's father. A little guest cameo. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that in there. Uh, and he dead. Yeah. He sounds like, I'm surprised you got here with all them holes in him. He dropped Which? a pochonk, a big, a big, biggest roll of newspaper I ever this done seen pro- on that This carpet. is probably the least believable thing in this movie. That this guy, this guy got shot a whole bunch of times by the pier. Supposedly ran uphill, <laughs> full with bullets, with a fifty-pound lead weight. He did not. He got shot leaving the fire escape at what's your butt's place. Oh, that's right. So maybe it's only two blocks. Okay, that's where they. Okay. So Effie answers the phone. It's a Shaughnessy. She screams, uh, O'Shaughnessy does, and hangs up. Um, Sam tells Effie to call police and tell them everything that she knows, but no names, and leave the bird out of it. Uh, um, she's I... like, do you know who that guy is? And he's like, that's the captain of the Paloma. Uh, it's a big... I mean, the guy's not necessarily dressed like a cartoon sea captain, but it's kind of a jump to know exactly... Yeah. Like, how would he even know that? I how this guy just, knows to bring the bird to him? That's this. This is where the interior logic of the film breaks starts breaking down. Unless you know what's going on. Yeah. So he's like, how would Sam Spade? Uh, I do have a note here. I love that, despite his cool demeanor, how excited 
Ex excited. How excited Bogart gets when the Falcon is finally delivered to him by the soon-to-be-dead ship's captain wrapped in tattered Hong Kong newspapers. He's so excited that his secretary winces and mutters, You're hurting me, when Bogart, Bogart grasps her arm in excitement after cutting open the bundle. Because he's like, I, this is one of the <laughs> It was weird because he's smiling and he's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, that's one of the few, few bits of the movie, again, where it, like his... He actually does actually get excited. His cool, you know, his cool, calm demeanor kind of breaks, and mm. he's actually like, it turns out he's actually as mostly invested in this as anyone else is, except yeah. you know, this is the one time he he does, yeah. It, takes it's a kind of a nice thing, not the fact that he's hurting his secretary, <laughs> but the fact that he's so wound up and even like, I don't know, it's kind so, of creepy that she's like, you're hurting me, I'm like, ah, he's, but he's so like, hey, he's got such a big boner. It's, I don't know. Okay, shut up. I love bogey boners. <laughs> oh no, he takes the uh, Falcon to. Uh, baggage check place at a hotel. No, not even a hotel. It's no? the fucking bus station. Oh, okay. I had to double check it to see exactly what place. He goes to the fucking bus terminal. Nice. Yeah. He checks it, uh, takes the tag, puts it in an envelope, mails it to a P.O. box. Bogart's got some of the shittiest handwriting. He fucks up the Y in the word city in the most childish kind of way. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so he grabs a taxi man. I guess it's did, Taxi Man. Did they say who emails the, 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 the ticket to? I it's got to be a secretary, Yeah, but right? I don't remember what it is now. Okay, yeah, because the secretary, because she's the one who ends up getting the ticket, taking it back yeah, down to the I bus station and bring it back to him. Uh, um, he goes to the address where O'Shawn asked said she was, but it's just an empty lot. Uh, yeah, kind of. Then he calls Effie to go check on her. I don't know. Lots of one-sided phone calls in this movie. Yeah, as... you only you hear right, 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 somebody say something. Then, well, the Schmitty's on Tuesday. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, it's like that was yeah. that. Uh, so he goes home. Uh, Bridget shows up. Oh, her first name is Bridget. Yes, Bridget. Yes, Bridget, Bridget O'Shawnass. Shag-ass. Shag nasty Shag-nasty. Uh, and meets him in his doorway uh, downstairs. Then they go up to his room mm. where the kid acts tough, but Sam acts tougher. He's like, oh, I would puff up my chest. <laughs> Bogart is, he's kind of wafer thin. Like, he's got a big bulbous oh, head. Oh, no, if you look at Bogart. But Bogart is a wafer man. He's got, like, fucking asthmatic chest. He's a slender dude. Yeah, he's... He's like, uh... That's why Bacall was so into him, because he was smaller than she was. <laughs> she liked that. Um, like, yeah, no, he's not, yeah, he was not Frank Sinatra thin. Was Frank Sinatra super skinny? Do you All re- I know an old you... Frank Sinatra. Okay, here we go. Did we watch something with Frank Sinatra then? What movie was that? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Was that Ships Away? Anchors Sh- Away? Anchors Away. Yeah, we watched oh, Anchors Away with Frank Sinatra. Oh, I forgot, because he's like fucking... Vera Ellen and White Christmas skinny. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's like fucking scarecrow skinny. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No, but yeah, that's, Bogart's a yeah. slender dude. Yeah. That's why he wasn't like a big, tough, burly guy. That's like when people talk about like masculinity in films. Bogart's kind of interesting because he's not a big muscle-bound dude. He's not going to win in a fight. It's mm. more just the attitude. Um, so this is essentially that's the why whole... they always put him against up, up against Lon Chaney because he had to <laughs> believe he could beat up someone. Person. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is like the last third of the movie, really. It's pretty much yeah. the whole explanation of what's been going on. In fact, they actually did talk about like in the filming of this. This was like a thirty-five. It literally was a third of the script, and they approached it like filming a stage play. They 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 filmed the whole movie in chronological order, and this whole last scene was just like, well, I guess this is what we're going to be filming for the next like two weeks. 
what was it? There was one really stupid piece of trivia for this movie I saw. Yeah? Uh, anyway, they... Did you write it down? No, because I was like... Maybe I discovered it. That we'll was, see. We'll find out. That was out. one of the... the, like, uh, the uh... Well, the, the, fa- the fact that they filmed the movie in chronological order? No. Or the fact that, that like this is like a third of the script? No. They they filmed this over the 4th of July Shut weekend. Uh... <laughs> I try to remember all the trivia I remember from the, like, this part of the film. Uh... So they they all get together. Gutman's there, Cairo's there, and he's like, "We need a we need a fall guy to take the fall for this. Otherwise, they're gonna keep asking questions." Uh, blah blah blah. This is kind of fucked. Yeah. So he's like, "What about that guy right there?" Yeah, the gun soul. Why don't we hand him over? Yeah. Um. So he's like, "Oh no, I feel towards Wilma like I do my own son." He's like, all right, if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're sorry about that, though, I suppose the polite thing is to hear you out. And Wilma walks up to him and he's like, he gets all teary-eyed, he's crying, and he's like, you stop being a big meanie, you, you big meanie juju head, I'm going to stop it. I do like that Bogart knows enough to back down, he's like, okay, if you won't go with the first best option, let's go with the second, let's hand over a fucking Peter Laura here. Mm-hmm. And Peter Lorre is all like, huh? what? Um, oh, that's what it is. The opening scroll about the history of the Maltese Falcon is entirely made up. Well, duh. It's a fictional movie. Of course it's entirely made up. The whole fucking movie is entirely made up. You know what my favorite part Did of- you know the opening scroll in Star Wars is <laughs> made up? It's fictional. Don't don't, really happen. When you leave this theater, don't look up and expect to find a star battle. Dumb. Uh, you know, my favorite part of Race of the Lost Ark as as the uh, Lost Ark is carted away into the catacombs of uh, Area 51, a little text card that pops up and says, Indiana Jones really didn't find, <laughs> find the Ark of the Covenant. It's just from the Bible. Get over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then he's like, how about we give him Cairo? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, why is the lady involved anymore? She's got nothing to offer. They have the Falcon. They could just get rid of her. Yeah, because everything's about the Falcon, now. yeah. The only reason she existed was because she knew where the Falcon was. Now they got the they Falcon to, explain to kick how, her to the curb. Did they ever explain how they got, how she, how she ever got mixed up in this to begin with? All we I know so. is that she, Cairo, and, and, and Gutman... Were how, from running from Istanbul maybe to Hong Kong, were saying what's his name? But maybe, maybe, maybe it was Thursby, 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 who got involved, and maybe she was just yeah, that's yeah, maybe that's what it is. I can't remember if they explicitly say that, and she just. But it's weird because they say they only killed Thursby to sh- to shake her up enough to hope that that would then convince her to give them the information. I mean, that's what this whole scene is, just yeah. them explaining wh- who did what and how. But even then, it's not really super so, detailed as to what was going on. Then uh, Wilma starts melting down. <laughs> so Sam punches him in the face. And Sam takes everybody's guns away. Yeah. So Wilma's going to take the fall after all. Yeah, Whatever. Wilma's out for the rest of the scene, too. Yeah. Yeah, poor Wilma. Uh, now, uh, and he Gutman gives... Sam, an envelope with $1,000 in it. I think it's 1000 because it's I like 10 bills because, or 10000 Yeah, because he's all like, well, this is a far cry uh, from the must, quarter million that you promised me. must have been me. back when uh, there were $10,000 bills, which is weird that they had $10,000 bills like back in no, old no, times. No, no, it's, no, it's 10 $1,000 bills. They That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they, they had $1,000 bills back then. Yeah, because today but, that would be like a $10,000 bill. Yeah. But like now... 
people are more wealthy, so there's more likelihood of some like rich asshole having a ten thousand dollar bill. And Bill doesn't know how to drink water. He tries, but it just spills all over the I front of him. I got a tiny mouth. <laughs> That's the rumor on the street. Uh, I got butt, 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 butt mouth face. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah but uh, they give her. The- it's a thing about how well, well, Fat Man gives Bogart the ten thousand dollars in envelope. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives it to the girl. The girl, and then Bo, and then the Gutman's like, "Well, you better double check that money." Well, and Bogart's like, "Why?" Well, and he's no. like, "Oh, there's only nine thousand dollars." And he's well, like, "Well, that lady stole it." Well, and then he, shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, Gutman's he's like, trying to stir shit up. Yeah, he's like, uh, uh, "Go make some coffee, doll. I gotta stay here with our guests." And Gutman's like, "Oh, please leave the envelope." And she's like, "Sit on it if you're so afraid of losing it." And he's like, "Hey, yo." She took one of the bills. And then, uh... The gravy face. <laughs> Sam's like, ah, you palmed it. And he's like, did I? He's like, <laughs> yeah, like... you palmed it. And he's like, so I did. Yeah, got me. I mean, like, he's, he's <laughs> I just somehow... wanted to play a funny game. <laughs> he somehow... I guess the idea is that he, he, he palmed that dollar even before he handed over the envelope. Because it's, like, rolled up into, a, like, a tiny little, like, medicine capsule-sized yeah. ball. And he, you know, Eventually unfurls it and hands it back over to yeah. Dude, it was a rough Oh, I thought dude, I thought you guys might kill each other with over a thousand dollars, but hey, Sam's you saw like, me hey, out. I should get more than ten thousand dollars. And he's like, You'll get more later. And he's like, Oh yeah? Later? How about fifteen thousand dollars? That's my worst suggestion. Ten thousand bucks is all I can require at this time. Uh and he's like, Look, come here, get in close. My word of advice. Watch out for that bitch. She's fucking crazy. And it's liable to kill you. I like, do like Dangerous? this one bit of honest Larry. advice that Gutman gives to Bogart. Yeah. It's almost daylight, so they can start work on getting the thing. Uh, he calls Effie, tells her to get the Man, bundle. Effie on call 24-7. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's like 6.30 in the morning. So she brings the bird and is like, so long! And leaves. And she disappears. Yeah, yeah. never see her again. Uh, and then they put it on the table. And Gutman is sweaty. Gutman! Sweaty, 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 They sweaty. fed him too many spicy tacos <laughs> to get him all sweated up for this scene. Because, oh my god. He's ripping it apart. And they're, oh, chicken done. Uh, I got messaged. And so, oh! It's the birdie! Everybody's day, the musical number kicks in, and they're singing, We're so happy to have the bird. Yeah, it turns into a Mel Brooks musical at the very and end. And Gutman slowly turns it on the table so the audience can really I take do, it like, in. Yeah. I do, I, yeah! I, the replica prop form guys must love this, because like, this is the most sought-after prop in movie history, yeah. and the fact that he does do a slow 360 turnaround, well, Peter Lorre's seen... like molesting it. He's like, <laughs> Have you seen the... Like, uh, replicas Adam Savage has. Yeah, that's fucking things are ridiculous. People uh, are there. I make a note of this later, but this. the people who are nuts for either making a replica of this or the people chasing after the actual replica, the actual props used for this film, it's a fucking crazy community. Yeah, and but even yeah, the prop making people for all this stuff is a fucking great. But yeah, mm-hmm. the research that like 
like back when people had were trying to make replicas of the um, uh, of the Maltese Falcon, even before Blu-ray happened, and when you're like trying to like get the details off a VHS copy of this movie, that must have been maddening. Just just get a bunch of Chinese newspapers, wrap some twine on it, and put just it say, on the shelf, yeah, and exactly. say, "Do you like my Maltese Falcon well, replica? Hey, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And then so like, yeah, they tear that thing open. Make sure it's real. And then he hacks at it with his knife I... while Wil- Wilma scoots away. I guess he doesn't care about the enamel, but he really does just chop into that fucking yeah. thing with his pen knife. Uh, but nope, it's a fake. It's lead. And now Cairo's very mad. Just stupid idiot! Calls it a bunch of names, brings out the inner Ren and Stimpy. This is, I was about to say, this is this is the birth of Ren from Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. right here. Losing his shit. It's you, all because of, you tried to buy it from him. He's a, and we knew it was worth You bloated idiot. Yeah. It's just fucking great. His what eyes is, are just huge. What is just, their connection? Who? Uh, Cairo and Gutman. Again, at the beginning of the movie, it seems like they're two separate interests, but now it's suggested that they've been both they been chasing co-workers. Does, they work in the Cairo same office building. Under well, it's kind of suggested that like like the Gunsel is just the muscle, and maybe Laurie is just kind of like his assistant, brains, the brains, I guess. Because yeah. I mean, this right here, this idiot really does make it seem that like he's been working with Gutman for a long time, and now. Yeah, it's it's anyway, it, it's yeah. it really doesn't hold up. Cairo starts. On, but he cries. Gutman starts laughing. <laughs> yes, he's a Russian hand to be sure. Yeah. Well, Shall we is, go to Istanbul? This is yeah. This is just the only reason I brought up the Russian thing before is that's last. That's where they stole yeah. the Maltese Falcon from, and they just realized that the and uh, then everybody's like, yeah, let's go to Istanbul. So presumably the Russian just at some point had the actual M- 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 Maltese Falcon made a cast of it. Made a lead copy of it, mm-hmm. and then put that into left that. Maybe he knew he was going to get robbed by Green Street and Laurie, so he was like, "Oh, it would be a real shame if someone stole this Maltese Falcon from me." Yeah. And they grabbed it, but then somehow they—I can't remember if they actually say how they lost it, but they, they do say they stole, had stolen. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah monkey pants. Anyway, but uh, I do love the, all the separate reactions. Laurie is crying while Green Street's so, just like, "Ah, oh, that's great." Gummins like, "Hey, give me back that money," and he's like. He's like, all right, I'll keep in this for my time and effort, though. And he's yeah. like, meh, shrug. And then well, he asks him if he wants to come well, along. Yeah, well, the shortest goodbyes are the best. <laughs> and then he waddles out of the room. Very slowly, <laughs> just kind of. Yeah, he's like a fucking good year. He's like a fucking uh, Thanksgiving Day parade He's pretty, pretty happy for, to have just wasted all this time and effort. And to have a complete lunatic <laughs> running around the city that with guns that knows he would betray him. I saw in, in the making of documentary, they talk about how, actually of all people, this was Hugh, not Hume Cronin. Hugh Laurie. Who's the guy who played Wait, the dude Peter who Lord. invented warp what? speed? Who invented what? Who invented warp speed you are in Star Trek? The wrong fucking dude. The guy with if the pig. If you don't know that, I don't know that. <laughs> the guy with the pig. The guy from uh, Babe. Yeah, the old dude from Babe. Yeah, I don't know his name. He's uh, James Cromwell. Okay. They're talking to him, and he's like, he's just talking about his memories of of the Maltese Falcon. He's like, oh well, the, the whole reason why Green Street is so happy at the end of the movie, it's because it's more about the chase than it is actually getting the Falcon. Granted, you know, getting this million dollar object would be great, but like. It's just about the pursuit of it's. This movie's more about greed than it is actually getting the thing that you're going for, and that's actually why he's not necessarily ex- like happy, but he is happy that the chase stills on. It's still out there to be won. Yeah, like he wouldn't know what to do with himself if he actually even got the Falcon, because mm-hmm. then he, you know, it's 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 more. Well, about the apparently chase. he'd eat 
That's true. He <laughs> would buy the fanciest dinners. <laughs> Turns out Sidney Greenstreet was like even skinnier than fucking uh, Bogart at the beginning of this journey. Well, over the 17 years of worrying so much about the Falcon, he's been eating just plate loads of pasta and fucking lasagna every day, and that's what and happened. If you didn't notice, he's missing a finger because he just was eating so rapidly <laughs> one day. He chewed down the off. nail to his fucking stump of his finger, yeah. Uh, but yeah, exit so Sydney Green leaves. Street. Yeah, Sam calls the cops. Fills this them in. is I can't believe there's more like another ten minutes yeah. left in the film because that's the end of the movie essentially. He's like, hey, yeah. yo, these two guys were involved in the murder. This kid killed them. He worked for them, uh, and then Bridget starts to look shifty. But now he wants the truth. Miles was dumb, but he was too experienced to follow someone and get shot. But you, you could have been there with him, and he wouldn't have. Blah blah. <sighs> Because his gun was in his coat pocket, and his coat was all buttoned up. Yeah. He must have trusted the person what shot him. Um, so is so, that an unreliable narrator thing? Because then you realize, yeah, so she lured him up to her apartment, shot him. But then we see that he gets shot, like, at the, at the no, by the side I, of the I fence. No, I think it ever said that she shot it, him out in an apartment. Okay, just outside of her apartment, I maybe, guess, or whatever the hell's going no, on. No, that would have been too obvious. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, he accused her of shooting him a bunch of times. The cops, the cops will be here any time. We're both sitting under the gallows. Why did you shoot Miles? Oh, I didn't mean to at first, Sam. Really, I didn't. Uh, But when I found out Thursby couldn't be frightened... So she kills Miles, so Thursby would take the fall, but when she heard Gutman was in town, she needed a new protector, because he killed... Thursby was dead. That's when she turned That's to... when she turned to Sam and said, hey, I'll give you this sweet, sweet puss if you protect me. Uh, I would have come back to you anyway from the first moment I saw you. I knew you, you have that charming grandpa face. Uh, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut my grandpa face. It's never a turn online. Yeah, you don't know. Sh- fuck me, grandpa face. Lemonparty.org. Oh, man. Uh, so he's like, hey, yo, we'll see what happens when you get out in 20 years. They'll give you life, probably, but good behavior. You get out in 20 years. I I, and I, I'll be waiting. Will you, Sam? Will you? Seems like you fuck anything that moves. Yeah. Uh, also, he would be dead. And actually. then he's like, "If they hang you, ah, I'll be sad for a little bit, I guess." Yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't give a shit about my partner being killed, so I, why would I care about you being hung? I am amused at how he makes it sound like a twenty-year prison sentence is a kind of a good thing. Like, eh, it's only twenty years. I'll yeah. see you when you get out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's like, "Hey, you didn't care at all. You don't love me." And he's like, "I don't care who loves who. You're going over for the murder of Miles." And then she's saying, I love the phrase going over hoo. too. Yeah. Oh, she starts doing her shit again. Yeah. yeah. Again, and he world's sits, worst femme to fatale. He sits down and just staring straight ahead. He's like, when a man's partner is killed, it doesn't matter what you thought of him. He was your partner, and you're supposed to do something about it. And it happens we're in the detective business. And when you let the kill, killer get away, that's bad for business. And she's like, oh, yes, I never thought of it that way. Oh, okay. Oh, we're off we go. Uh, off to jail. <laughs> So, God, uh, I, yeah, this, this... That's all on one side. This... On the other side, maybe I love you. Maybe oh. I don't. Who's to say? And she's like, bitch, what? Just you know the... you love him if you love me or not. Just the insinuation that he was actually in love with her is just so... He's like, this whatever, is not romantic, like... it's boring. I don't like girls. Girls are cooties. Yeah. 
If they were really, they don't wanted... really any have any chemistry either. No, no history, no chemistry. If they really wanted Sam Spade to seem like a badass motherfucker, they should have had him just be Riley. Like, like fucking Rick in Casablanca was was way more cooler about this. Yeah. Like, well, hey, fuck him. Let's go. Like, hey, you know what? We could have had something, but you fucked it up. Adios. Yeah. Instead, Cops... it's got to be this ten yeah. minute fucking argument about semantics and. Cops just... show up and he's like, hey. She shot him. The dinghy broad. Let's go. Yeah. And then the cops pick up the falcon. What is it? He touches it and he says, the stuff that dreams are made of. Also, it's a statue of a bird, you idiot. Can't you see that? You think they would take it in for evidence or something, but no, they leave him with it. And like, he's just like walking around. He's like, he okay. watches her. Now I get a free paper. He watches her go down the elevator. She's so sad. He has a raging justice boner. Duh, and. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Copyright, 1941. Monty Falcon. Now, Monty Falcon. What do you think? Uh, I feel like it, it was a good, but if it had, I feel like it could have been tightened up some. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the exposition could have been reworked to be a little bit more clear. Is I might be a little soiled just because Dial M for Murder was so crystal clear with all of its writing and its... And everything that went into that, and I feel like this up. seems like a little bit sloppy I, I think, compared. I think that largely suffers from. Well, here's here's my note about what I thought about the uh, how the mystery part of this resolves. Um, I don't care much for the mystery because almost everything about it happens long before Spade got involved, or c- happens completely off camera in ways that the audience or the reader, if you're talking about the book version of the story, couldn't imagine. How Watser Face was working with Gutman to get the Falcon, but then ran off from Hong Kong with with the, the 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 sea captain but left the falcon in the hands of the ship's captain who then randomly showed showed up a week what later it... uh, like presumably on the return trip to san francisco uh only to run into gutman who had been tracking what's her face and with the guns it's just like the only... and like the sea captain knew that bird was worth dying for i'm guessing so i guess so he should have yeah. been like fuck this this thing's gotta be worth some money i've gotta figure out like why. does he have a prior history with what's her face and is that why he was willing know. to die to protect it and like yeah, there's there's a whole prequel movie you can make about this movie that could answer actually answer these questions. Also, but... I feel feel like calling it the Maltese Falcon kind of might have taken something away because the first part of the movie everybody's like, oh, we don't know what this is all about. It could be anything, but yeah. you see in the movie called the Maltese Falcon, so you're like, it's probably about a Maltese Falcon. Yeah, even in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they're like, okay, the Lost Ark is this. It's yeah. not like what's an Ark. <laughs> oh, it's a box. Well, I just um, mean, like, they're talking about the mystery of, like, yeah. they're not supposed to know what the Maltese Falcon is at the beginning. The movie, whole movie doesn't even mention it, but you, the audience, know that the movie is about the Maltese Falcon. They yeah. make that very clear. And I feel like maybe if you didn't know the movie centered around the Maltese Falcon for the first part, it would have been a little bit well, more engaging with the mystery even makes her What's-Her-Face a story at the beginning, even extra, just kind of like, okay, that's obviously just fake, because we, like, you're, like, there's everyone's just trying to kill each other over a bird. It's not about her fucking sister or whatever. Yeah. Which, the fact that this movie is such a huge hit and such a known film that kind of plays was, like, works against the movies. Yeah. I was more uh, engaged with it than I am a lot of the times. That's yeah. partially why I didn't take so many more detailed dialogue notes because I was just watching the dialogue and stuff, stopping every ten seconds to write it down. Well, also, a murder mystery like this is really hard to really take too many notes because you don't know what's going on. And God forbid we bit... ever do ten little Indians. Okay, what the hell is that? It's, uh... Uh, what's her butt? The famous murder mystery writer. Agatha Christie? Pro- yeah. Huh. She did Ten Little Indians. You mean, it's a book, not a movie, right? No, they made movies out of it. Okay. 
Because yeah. we got to do a book or an album someday. Yeah. Because we do movies and video games. I'm just saying. Yeah. I would be down with it if we want to do a book someday. Yeah, we'll do a book. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see. I mean, this is your pick, so I'm glad to see you weren't, like, super disappointed or anything yeah. like that. Have you Black seen a lot White... of Bogart films? Uh, just, uh, I'm, I've seen chunks of, uh, African Queen because my mom really liked it. Yeah, that's a John Huston flick, too. Um, we watched, uh, what the fuck did we watch with him? Muppets Take Manhattan? Uh, no, uh, yes, Muppets Take Manhattan. He plays Baby Rolf. <laughs> no, we saw Casablanca. Yeah, Casablanca. Casablanca. And I don't know if I've seen anything else with him in it. No. If I have, I've forgotten. I don't know. Um, should I go into my notes? Yeah! The history of the trivia? Get it! Oh my god, there's three of you all of a sudden. <laughs> Turn into a monster mouth. Okay. Uh, the Maltese Falcon started as a serial that Dashiell Hammett had written for a crime magazine called Black Mask in the 1920s. Hammett drew from his own experience working as a Pinkerton detective and forged Sam Spade as the idealized, snarky, hard-as-nails detective that Hammett and his other uh, detective friends romanticized themselves being but w- rarely ever were. Um... Da-da-da. This was actually the third time the Maltese Falcon had been adapted for the big screen, including <laughs> Satan Met a Lady, starring Betty Davis. <laughs> That's like a parody of a movie title. Yeah, it was the first time it had been adapted directly without anyone trying to rewrite the whole damn thing or turn into a light romantic comedy, which Satan Met a Lady turned out to be. Hmm. In fact, actually, the main hero is not even Sam Spade anymore. It's like Ted Ted Buttfart or something like that. Ted Buttfart. I think they... I don't know how much... Cause if you change it, like, if you take away even a couple things from the story, it's not really the Maltese Falcon anymore, especially if you don't have Bogart involved. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that you would t- try to take this story and turn it into a light romantic comedy, just yeah. ugh. Um, yeah, this was uh, director John Huston's first film, and while his first choice for the lead was uh, Humphrey Bogart, the producers wanted George Ranft, who didn't want anything to do with the picture, mostly because he didn't want to be involved with the movie uh, being directed by a first-time director. As it had happened on High Sierra, and would happen again with Casablanca, Humphrey Bogart slipped in and took a role that Ramped had refused, uh, which pretty much kickstarted uh, Bogart's career as an A-list Hollywood star, and began a series of collaborations between Bogart and Houston that would last for four more pictures, uh, with uh, Treasure, of the Shia, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Key Largo, the African Queen, and Beat the Devil. Mm. And so yeah, this turned out to be a huge uh, seminal thing for both those guys. Uh, this was Sidney Greenstreet's first film, the first of several with Bogart, and first of a whole bunch with, uh, Peter Lorre, despite Greenstreet being a veteran of the stage. Uh, shit, <laughs> the guys who built the Nagasaki atom bomb named it the Fat Man after him. Oh, well, there you go. Which, that, that's, yeah, if you're gonna have an impact on, on, on pop culture, that's a good one to have them. Um... Uh, since this was Houston's first film, he went bonkers with preparations, drawing all sorts of storyboards and giving the actors highly detailed scripts far in advance to give them plenty of time to rehearse. Houston also took the rest up of filming the film in sequence, which the actors also appreciated since it allowed them to build their characters naturally over the course of filming. Uh, it may not look like it today, but the Maltese Falcon is generally considered to be the first real film, film noir. Its director of photography was Arthur Edison, who had not, who had shot such gothic horror flicks as Univer- uh, for Universal. <laughs> I can't speak no good. There's a lot of text notes. Uh, Arthur Edison, he shot uh, Frankenstein, The Old Dark House, and The Invisible Man. 
We should talk about this movie someday. Yeah, probably. Uh, and uh, Edison also devised the heightened shooting style for this film, including the seven-minute sequence in which Green Street tells Bogart the history of the Maltese Falcon, and which was edited to look like a single unbroken take. Again, which I didn't even pick up on them when I'm watching this. Um, the clothing and sets in every scene that Shagass appears in <laughs> are designed to suggest prison bars, from striped pajamas to striped furniture to the way the light of the Venetian blinds fall in her environments. Hmm. So much for her. Uh, the legacy of the Falcon prop itself could take a whole podcast episode to talk about. It's pretty much the most sought-after film prop in history, and no one can figure out how many, or if there was ever ma- more than one ever made for the f- uh, for the original film. Uh, this the story, the history of the the Falcon prop has been complicated by the ton of fake plaster falcons that were created for a shitty faux sequel called The Black Bird in the 1970s. Hmm. Supposed to be like a comedy thing, but it's supposed to be like a riff off, like almost like a Millworks riff on the the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, it sounds terrible. And so, yeah, a lot of people who have wound up with the the black the the plaster copies of the Maltese Falcon accidentally end up thinking that they've actually owned the original Maltese Falcon, which is not true. Oops. Um, Google Maltese Falcon prop and click the Vanity Fair article about it. Embrace yourself for mayhem when you just look into the yeah, the history of people trying to figure out if their copies of the Maltese Falcon are the original Falcon versus the, like, you know, the shit made for that sequel and all yeah. kinds of stuff. And yeah, um, um, Adam Savage just has a great YouTube video where it was, I think he turned into a whole TED Talk. Where he talks about yeah, his so. attempts to make his own um, uh, Falcon prop replica. And lastly, ironically enough, Warner Brothers announced a sequel, The Further Adventures of the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> that Falcon has so many adventures. <laughs> he, got, he, he, he keeps on getting crazy shit all the time. <laughs> He's, the Falcon's big mouth causing him all kinds of adventures. Uh, but John Huston and pretty much everyone else associated with the film became so in demand after this picture was released that they never got around to making that sequel. And seriously, what would have been about the Maltese Falcon re- uh, rescuing hostages from Nakatomi Plaza? Um, so, yeah, that's the... Man, yeah, well, the further adventures. Further, you don't call it the further adventures of the lost ark. The third, you don't call no, it no, the further adventures of the flux capacitor. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> of Back to the Future car. <laughs> yeah, no, it's wow. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon. Hey, Bill. You don't have anything else? Do you have any important notes about this film? What you no. think? About it? Okay. But what are we doing next? What are we doing next? It's a bit up in the air because uh, my friend and next uh, podcast co-host, Annie Maloney, she wants to sit down and watch Beauty and the Beast sometime with me. And I've never actually seen all of Beauty and the Beast before. And so that would be my... I definitely want to make it that an Yay, party. Stockholm Syndrome! And so if that we happen to do that next week or two, that'll be my next project. But if not, thinking about... You're going to hate me for mm. this. Nope, we're not doing Silent Running. Why not Silent Running? I don't want to see that movie. I told you. It's 90 minutes. We just get it done and out of the I way. I told you. I will start it and let you know if it's bullshit or not. Um, I don't have a second project lined up. <laughs> that was going to be it. You're, Westworld? I know you're... Oh, Did you see the Westworld TV show? No. It's pretty good. You're ter- not you're, the Westworld TV show that was spun off from the Westworld your film. technique of... I want to see this movie down doesn't want to see it. I'm just going to tell him I'm going to watch it at the end of the podcast. So he's trapped. 
I don't realize we had like that much gut, like clearance over who what what the other person would want wants to watch. I've told you a dozen times I don't want to watch. But it. what if you want to watch something that I don't want to watch? Can I just be too it out? Of- you can be like, no, I don't want to as well. There are ones that I don't want, but I didn't even like Babes in Toyland. <laughs> I'm just saying, I did Babes in Toyland. We could do Silent Running. I did fucking love thing. Oh yeah, I can't remember the name of it. The name in the mood for love. Yeah, I did in the mood too. for love. Oh, I didn't see why you're so against silent running though. It's, it's a science fiction movie. The trailer just looks like bullshit. The trailer is not indicative of the final quality of the film. I told you, I will look at it <laughs> and let you know if it's bullshit. Okay, so the next week we're gonna do it's a mad, mad, mad world. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of movie to watch. That is a four-hour film. That's that's. Yeah, even I have to, like, buck up and say, maybe we could just turn that into a two-parter or something like that. Oof. Uh, but yeah, maybe Beauty and the Beast, we'll see what happens next. Yeah. Yeah, it depends Once if any... Shoulder shrug. I promise in the future. This is the once we get over the silent running issue, then we can finally move forward. I I I, I, I can try to clear you path. Are so sad on seeing that movie. Because it's by Mystery Science Theater three thousand. And it's directed by a guy whose stuff I like. His special effects master Douglas Trumbull. Who did the special effects for Exclusive Cadillac and Third Kai and Blade Runner and other things? I just think of the thing. It's only 90 minutes, too. Even though it's bad, it's only 90 minutes. Man. The dude builds robots! Oh! Say no more! <laughs> he saves trees! There's a whole thing. <laughs> like I said, hopefully you can dodge that bullet. We'll talk about Beauty and the Beast, and that just means we'll have to have this conversation again in two weeks anyway. Oh! Okay. All right. That all right. said. That said. I have pop culture's filled. He's a mother. I'm the grumpy turtle on Twitter. Tired podcast on Twitter. Tired podcast Share it. Subscribe to us. Should we do Bloodsport? Oh, I'd love to do Bloodsport. We could do finally do the magic flute. Yeah. If anyone out there That's really the wants to do the magic flute, I hope you're a Maltese Falcon fan. Otherwise, you missed this episode. And missed this call entirely. But yeah. Yeah. Let us know what version of the magic flute you want us to watch. Yeah. Uh, next time. Keep feeling those holes. Pop culture. We're gonna go do stuff. I don't know. I got nothing. Shut up. We got a boat to Hong Kong. We gotta catch. I'm the it's fat on man. Fire. Does that make you the little Peter Lorre? <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.